today on It's Time. You don't want to be waving people into heaven and you yourself not going. That's a bad place to be. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. One thing I love about church is here in Jesus, and I mean that sincerely, in Jesus, we can be who we are. You know, all week long, we're told what we have to be. If you work at a bank, you must wear a three-piece suit. You got to go in there. You got to look good. If you work in a body shop or at a mechanics thing, you wear your little blue shirt with your name on it. They tell you that's what you have to wear if you're going to work here because everybody knows then that you work here. Your little name's there and they got the little patch of where you work on the, on the sleeve. If you're a cop, you have to wear the uniform. Wear your little, uh, you know, gun holster and, and, and your maze place and the little donut holder. All those things that you have as a cop. Yeah, but in, when, on, on Sunday morning, we can be who we are in Christ. I like that. I can just be who I am in Jesus. And here is where, again, somebody says, well, I think you should wear your best on Sunday morning. Our best is different. Somebody's best, if they feel more comfortable in a suit, wear it, praise God. If you feel more comfortable in a Hawaiian shirt in Idaho when it's 20 degrees outside, wear it. We want to be who we are in Christ, with him changing us. He says, let these things command and teach. What things? The things we just read about being a good minister. You know, again, we talked about this. You're going to see people this week, this year, no minister, myself or anybody else will ever see. You are their minister. You are the one that they are going to be getting life from. So we want to do a good job when we're around them. Paul here writes to Timothy again, and he says, let no one despise your youth. Now, we're not talking about a teenager here. Timothy was probably about 30 years old. And I think it's really important because a lot of times people will do that. Now, I will admit, friends, there are things in life that only life teach you. I remember distinctly leaning back in a chair, which you're not supposed to do. But I was leaning back in a chair in eighth grade Sunday school, and I remember the teacher reading out of the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, he said, Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And then somebody in the class said, What does that mean? And the teacher looked and said, Well, basically what he's saying here is nothing for nothing All is for nothing. And I remember leaning back against the chair going, what kind of a sadist wrote this concerning Solomon? Well, then you get a little older in your life. 
And you look and you drive past the cemeteries and you see those people that you went to high school with and we were all groovy once, now dying of different things. And, 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 you, and you look at this and you realize that all the things you've ever accumulated in your life, you're going to die and leave it to someone that never worked a single day for it. Well, if you read in Ecclesiastes, this is what and why Solomon said, for nothing, for nothing, all is for nothing. For he goes on and he says, who will know who will come after me with the things that I have, whether they'll be wise with them or they'll be a fool with them. Have you ever seen somebody get an inheritance from their aunt or uncle or parent? And within a month, they can blow $30,000, $50,000, $100,000 in a month. What took their mom or dad or uncle or aunt years, decades to accumulate, they blow in a matter of weeks. Why is that? Easy come, easy go. Solomon says, who will know who will come after me, whether they'll be a fool or not. By the way, the one who did come after Solomon, Jeroboam, was a, or excuse me, Rehoboam was a fool. And he completely wiped out what King David, his great grandfather, or maybe I should say his grandfather, what Solomon did. And uh, Rehoboam, in just a matter of weeks, blew the whole thing. So understanding it is a problem. We realize that. And, and we see that this is why I want to, someone's young, they don't always learn those things. As you get older, I, I, again, I, who wrote this? What kind of, and as you get older, you go, yeah, that's right. That, that's why we need to be mindful of our life. In fact, Paul tells us, uh, cause me to count my day, or excuse me, uh, uh, David said, cause me to count my days and, and be aware of, of my spending of time. So he says, let no one despise your youth. Be an example to the believers in the, in the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to the reading and exhortation and to doctrine. Now, give attention to reading. Now, you weren't sitting around reading National Geographics. He's saying reading God's word. Why? Reading God's word it doesn't return void. You say, well, I read the Bible, and I really don't maybe always understand it, but should I keep reading anyway? Yes. Why? It goes in there. It gives your subconscious something to grind on. Have you ever noticed that when you're alone, maybe you're working out mowing the lawn or something, and your brain, your brain starts thinking about things, like maybe not hitting that lawn sprinkler? No. I, your brain starts thinking about things, and, and, and you, your, your brain needs something to kind of grind on. Well, God's word's a good thing for that. But you know what's interesting? You can read God's word and not necessarily be taught God's doctrine. And I think that's important. So we want to know, first of all, attention to reading, to exhortation. What's exhortation? That's building each other up. Some of you really need to be built up. You know, sometimes if you're not built up, you get a really low self-image of yourself. I mean, you really do. Maybe people have put you down maybe your whole life. You know, you never did enough. No matter how much you do, it's never enough. Uh, you, you just feel like you're exasperated. You just, God, what, what can I do? We need to build each other up in the most holy faith. You know what? God's not done with you yet. You know, if you're going through a hard time and you're, if you're listening to this in this room or around the world on the Internet or on CSN, 
If you're in a problem right now, let me tell you, first of all, a couple things. Trials don't last forever. You will get through it. And that's the first thing. The devil will say to you, you will never get through this. It's only going to get worse. Well, don't listen to him. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So the Bible says to exhort, build up one another. Hey, you're going to make it through. See a brother and sister of the Lord with a little frowny face? You go up to, hey, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I'm not here to talk about you. I'm here to bless you and encourage you. That's what we want to do. And so he says, and to doctrine. What is doctrine? The conclusions that you come from reading the scripture. Friends, there's a lot of things that, and again, taking a verse out of context, building a whole entire cult upon it. They do it all the time. When we look at the entirety of God's word, it brings us into balance. And that's what's so important. If you want to go just through the New Testament and show somebody everywhere where Jesus wept and, and, and uh, <clears throat> Jesus uh, um, didn't have a place to live and all these different things. In fact, he said that the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Uh, we can show you all the verses where Jesus was a man. That's what the cults do. But they cleverly leave out all the places where the Bible says that Jesus was God, thereby bringing you to the wrong conclusion. So the important part is doctrine brings us into that balance when we read God's word. That's important. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Paul is writing this to Timothy. I would say this to every one of you. Do you know God has given all of us gifts? Everybody has a gift. If you're a born-again Christian, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you have gifts. Now, I found something. Gifts usually are more evident to others than yourself. It's just weird. I've had people come up to me and say, oh, I don't have any gifts. And I go, what? You're always the greatest encourager in the room. We all have gifts. He says, don't neglect that. Let your, let your gifts that God's given you shine. That's a supernatural input that God has put into us. Don't neglect the gift that was in, that's in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Now, that's a little bit of religious Christianese there. But basically, when the, when the leaders of the church laid hands on you to send you out to be a minister... And God gave you these gifts, use them. That's all the same thing I can say as well. Use the gifts that God has given you. Uh, your gifts are all different. Everybody in this room has different gifts. Everybody listening has different gifts. You know, your gifts might be you're really a sharp person in business. Use those gifts for God. You might be a really good, blessed musician or singer. Use those gifts for the glory of God. You might be a person that has a real good way of thinking things through, a a problem solver. Um, I I call that the gift of wisdom, the word of wisdom. You know how to apply what you know. Hey, we need that in the church. All the gifts that you'll find mentioned there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are so important, I believe, in the church today. And then he says, Meditate on these things. In other words, let your mind grind on those things. If we don't, our brains can go all over the road. Let me tell you. AOR, all over the road. They used to have, uh, years ago on rock radio, they had AOR. And what they 
meant by that was album-oriented rock, okay? As I listen to it, I go, no, it's AOR all over the road. Because they were playing anything. The point is, if we don't focus our brains on something, it will wander. And so, again, meditate on God. That's why the Bible says to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean to drag a little uh, porta bed alongside it with you so you can always be going like this. But it means always have a consciousness of the presence of God in our lives. What, God, do you want me to do? You know, I found that a lot of times, that when I'm that way, I'll notice people, maybe in a store or someplace, and, and I'll, I'll start looking around rather than just being self-focused, brain, you know, eh, you know but God, I really want you to do something here. And, and, and we begin to see people as God sees people. That, I believe, is why it's important. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. I think it's true. I mean, really, if you think about it, what is one of the worst things you can be around in in a crowd of people? Self-focused people. You know that. They're selfish. You don't have to be a Christian to appreciate what we're reading today. Because, again, a self-focused, self-consumed person thinks only of themselves. What a blessing it is to be around somebody else. Share what God has given you and, and, and relate to them that they're loved. Verse 16. Take heed to control, to take heed to yourself and to doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. It's interesting that this last verse is an interesting backup to the very first verse. And that is that now the Spirit expressly says in latter times, some will depart from the faith. I I think that's a pretty serious thing. And then he says, if you stay in doctrine, you're going to not only bless others, you're going to bless yourself as well. In other words, here's what he's saying. You don't want to be waving people into heaven and you yourself not going. That's a bad place to be. But what I believe he's pointing out here is that it's impossible that if you give, you won't receive. If you teach the Bible, you know what you got to do? you got to learn the Bible to teach it. Isn't that amazing? But you yourself are going to be blessed. And the very message that you're sharing with others applies to one who's teaching as well. You don't know how many times in my sharing the Bible over the many years I have been convicted as much as anybody sitting anywhere or listening anywhere. Why? Because I realize one one size fits all. Why is that? Well, because God's word's true. That's why repentance is necessary. That's why if we come to Christ, we need to be in his love. We need to be in his forgiveness. Again, there is nothing, friends, I can do to be spiritual. That's one of the things the Bible tells us. You can keep the law, all those things, doesn't mean anything. What it tells you is you need a Savior. The Bible says if you err in one area of the law, you've erred in all of it. Well, that's pretty serious. So then how is a person made right? How am I allowed to go to heaven? Because somebody named Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you and for me, that if I will take what he did, if I'll believe in him, 
put on my faith, hope, and trust, and wrap him around me, I'll be saved. I need that. I didn't need it just uh, a lot of years ago when a little brother in church in Whittier, California. I need that today as well. You see, God's forgiveness is to separate us from yesterday. You ever want to get separated from yesterday? I've shared this many times, but I've often told people that are thinking about accepting Christ. I go, do you want another 20 years like you just had? Or another 10 years like you just had? Or another week like you just had? Or would you rather be brand new in Jesus? You know, I I think about that. We need that. We need His truth every day. You know, as we have communion here this morning, it's very interesting about communion because it's not just a ritual. Many years I went to church. In fact, it was pretty tough. I, I understood the communion a little bit. I understood the, the cup represented Jesus' blood and what he did for me, and that was good. The bread, I, I didn't know so much about that until I really began to read the Bible. And Peter says, by his stripes, what they did to his body, we are healed. As I mentioned earlier, we're very complex beings. You can have some things in your life very good. You can be able to lift the most weight in the entire world. You can have the greatest fake bake suntan. No, I don't know. You can have the best tan in the world. You can look so good. You can use shiny bright on your teeth. You can have all the hair in the world. Some of us could only dream. But you can have all the hair in the world. But inside, there's something missing. There's an emptiness. There's something where you just go, well, I think Bono said it best. Oftentimes, I think he's portrayed himself, or at least he started as a Christian. I think uh, something has gone off the rail someplace. But he said, I still can't find what I'm looking for. You see, you can know about Christ, as he says in that song, but never know Christ personally. That's the big difference. They came to Jesus, acknowledging he was Jesus, and said, Jesus, what must we do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, sell flowers in airports. No, he did not say that. He said, believe that the Father has sent me. Believe. Believe the Father has sent me. Well, then, who is me, and why do I need to believe that? Well, because Jesus The Lamb of God came to take away the sins of the world. Your sins and my sins, as we just read, for the whole world. Which also tells me that Jesus' salvation is for everyone. There's bad doctrine out there that says, well, there's a bunch of people that were predestined on this earth to go to hell, and then there was a bunch of people that were predestined to go to heaven. What kind of a God is it that does that? Well, especially when I read this, it says the Savior of all men. Going back to verse 10. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16. So loved the world that whosoever would believe in him. i got to remember something. Just because God knows how and who chooses him ultimately doesn't keep you and me from making that decision every day. And we've got to remember there's a lot of people who choose not to receive him as their savior. God already knows that. In fact, if you read Revelation 22, the last book of the Bible, it says he's Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, first and last. He knows it all. I like that. 
I, I like a God that isn't surprised by the stupid stuff I can do every day. I like that he already knows. God goes, oh, that one's going to hurt. You know, I mean, that's the way God does. But he still loves us. You see, if God only picked winners, God only picked people that were never going to do anything wrong, none of us would have ever gotten picked. So, what does wisdom tell you? Well, I need a Savior. I pray you recognize that today. You know, the bread was for our healing. You need to be healed. If you're a Christian here today, I can guarantee you, you need to be healed. You need to be healed. Maybe not even of an illness. Maybe it's just your memories or your thoughts or the way you think about life or the way you think about others or what your ability to love or to be loved. We're complex. Like I say, if God isn't maintenancing you, what is? Everybody knows. When you're driving down the road in your car and there's that little light that comes on the dash, maintenance required. The little light in your heart has come on. Communion, I believe, is that which fixes that. You see, the Corinthian church, chapter 11, turned the Lord's Supper into a drunken party. Paul says, don't you have houses you can eat and drink in? And he says, when you come together for communion, it's not for your better, it's for your worst. He said, you know, when you partake of communion unworthily, not that we're ever going to be worthy, but not realizing the worthiness of communion, he said, for many are sick and dead among you. Uh, The maintenance is here, but if you view this as just some goofy church ritual... It's not going to do anything for you. You you see, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whatever it is that you need from God today, it's here. You need your heart healed. You need your body healed. Whatever it is, let God do that. I just want to invite you, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, as we pass out this, and you, you hold that in your hand, I want you to say, Lord, thank you for dying for me. And as you hold the bread, God, thank you for healing me. I need a lot of healing in my life in the past. I need a lot of healing in my life today. The Bible says he will heal you. He will forgive you. Just like that. The Bible says we pass from death unto life. The Bible, who was written by his invisible Holy Spirit, who now invisible Holy Spirit lives inside of us, we begin to read the Bible and now it makes sense. Now we, we see God's doctrine. We see what, what pleases him and what hurts him. And, and knowing that what pleases God is going to be good for me and what hurts God is going to be bad for me. I'm living under the law, it's living under God's grace. This morning, if you would like to pray right now, ask Christ in your life. We're going to pray. And then we'll have communion. If you need to pray, just pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I invite you into my life today. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. And from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. So I ask you now, make me the best I can be for you. Change me from the inside out. And then I'll be more like you. So fill me now with your Holy Spirit. 
Thank you for eternal life with you forever. And may I bless you every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.